today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith To receive the grace of God and to utilize it wherever we are in the journey. The crisis are a part of life. The unexpected should be expected. Not that we walk under some cloud of just discouragement saying, oh, what's next around the corner? No, it's part of the journey. But with God, you could handle the journey. With God, you could walk knowing that God will keep you, protect you, and watch over you and bring out the best out of that trial. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our heads and We go through times in life that leave us asking God, why? Some situations are so hard and painful, we can't see any purpose in them. Pastor Ed motivates us in today's message to have a heart that's willing to learn from these lessons, just as David did, and not let them go to waste. Every time we choose to trust God, He uses it as preparation for the trials that'll be part of our journey. God's purpose in your trials is to give you the chance to trust in Him, bring Him glory, and point to His work in your life. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith You see, dishonesty leads to disgrace. In chapter 21, again, guess where David goes? Well, let's read the text, verse 10 of chapter 21. That day David fled from Saul and went to Achish, king of Gath. Oh, remember Gath. Gath is where Goliath grew up. His brothers lived. His family lived. The home of giants. The house of the enemy. David, what are you doing in the enemy's camp? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't be so quick to judge him. We've been there too. David had been mistreated in the house of God by the people of God. An offense was taking root in his heart. And he ran to the enemy's camp. There are times you've been hurt and hurt deeply. And you want to run out of church. Hurt by Christians. Hurt by leaders. Hurt by believers. And at that moment, the temptation is to go into the enemy's camp. Maybe you're sitting down at that bar stool and you're just drinking. Somebody's going to listen to you and not judge you. Maybe somehow you're going to go with that old crowd, hang out with that old group, and you're there because you feel accepted. Don't go to the enemy's camp. David's going to go to the enemy's camp and there he's going to stay. Not for long, because God will see to it that he's not too comfortable. Now, just picture, it is so humorous. David has Goliath's sword. Now, Goliath's nine foot six. Uh, Those Jews in that day weren't so tall. Maybe he was five, five or five, six, David. I don't know, maybe five, ten, the most. Could you picture him dragging that sword? Do you think no one would notice that huge sword in the town of Gath? You know, there he is taking that sword and he's going into the town with it. That sword looks familiar. There's none like it, you know. It's Goliath's. 
And all of a sudden, David, who had planned to go incognito, is a talk of the town. The word gets back to Achish. And watch the sham that leads to shame. In verses 12 to 13, David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. So he pretended to be insane in their presence. While he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks on the doors of the gate, letting saliva run down his beard. He pretends to be something he isn't, an idiot. He acts like someone who's out of his mind. Yes, I'm sure he would have won an Academy Award for the part that he played. He escaped. But that wasn't the part that God had ordained for him. He was out of character. Look at David on the battlefield with Goliath. I come against you in the name of Yahweh with confidence and faith. Look at him in the city of Gath, scratching at the door, saliva running down his beard, acting like a madman. When we go into the enemy's camp, we act like the insane. We act out the lies that we have been speaking and believing. He's not only just conversing now, his conduct is a big lie. That's the way it is when you walk in a lie. You begin to live it. Our culture is so good at that. I mean, everybody's doing it. I'm tired of hearing that. I'm tired of hearing everybody except you Christians. You know, I read a story about Jeff Collins. Jeff Collins loved to eat garlic. And he would take clumps of garlic and just eat a clove of that garlic. Now, he didn't want to offend his wife. And so when he would eat the garlic, he gave some to her. And so she ate the garlic. And because both of them ate the garlic... They couldn't smell the garlic on each other. And so they weren't offensive to each other. So what our culture is doing. Let's just delve and live sinful lives. Let's put the Ten Commandments aside. Let's live our own morality and the new morality, which is the old immorality. You know, it may make us feel better, but it stinks to high heaven. And God takes note of it. And it leads to shame. In verses 14 to 15, Achish said to his servants, Look at that man, he's insane. Why bring him to me? This is so humorous. Am I short of madmen that you have to bring this fellow here to carry on like this in front of me? Must this man come into my house? Achish is saying, I have enough madmen in my court. I don't need any more. Well... David acts like an insane person. He's now driven by fear. How unworthy of his calling. How unkingly. That's what sin will do. That's what living without faith will do. That's what happens when you step off that solid rock and you start playing on that sinking sand. That's what happens when we leave faith out of our lives and we embrace anything other than faith. 
We're dominated by fear. We're dominated by lust. We're dominated by anger. We're dominated by pride. It's like a control that takes over our lives. Do you possess faith? Or does faith really possess you? I mean, it controls you. It dominates you. It causes you to walk right, live right, talk right, be right. It's you. It's in your bones. It's in your soul. It's in your mind. It's in your spirit. God's going to show David something about himself that he hadn't yet discovered. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, Our behavior in times of need and crisis proclaims what we really are. Oh, that's frightening. Anytime we walk outside of God's grace and we walk self-serving, our character, our personhood, that old Human nature, that fallen human nature, just shows right through. Our salvation, our deliverance, our strength is in Christ. In Christ alone I stand. David forgot. He left home without his faith. And he began to walk in fear. And he began to lean on that fallen humanity that we've all inherited and suddenly he's wavering. But David, like you and me, has a wonderful heavenly father who's interested in delivering us. Even when we're at our lowest, he's holding on to us. Even when our faith falters, His faithfulness continues. Even when we are stumbling, there's a God in heaven looking at us, watching over us. See, God is going to bring good even out of the difficulty, even out of the failure. Uh, That's the way our God is. He works all things together for good. See, David is going to learn over the years that When you're in want and when you're in poverty, you can trust the Lord and he'll someday say, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed out begging for bread. David's going to learn to say, I will trust in the Lord at the time I'm tempted to fear. See, God's working in David's life. There's a development going on. God has to show David himself. Now, during this time, he wrote about four Psalms. Psalm 34, Psalm 56, 57, 142. In these Psalms, they were songs, they were diaries of his journey and his interaction with God. In Psalm 142, it says, Look to my right and see, no one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. Have you been there? Have you ever felt that? No one's calling God. No one's concerned God. No one's caring God. I'm just in this alone. That's what David was feeling right now. That's what David was going through right now. That's where David was walking. And he spoke it and he cried out to God. 
Watch what God is going to do. See, God is doing something in David. God is showing David his own heart because God's going to send him a bunch of people that will love him. But it's not like those in the court. It's not like those who have been high-bred. Look at the group that he sends them. Uh, The Bible tells us that uh, he's going to send them a a whole host of people. In 1 Samuel, it says in verses 1 and 2, David left Gath and escaped the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All those who were in what? Distress or in debt or discontented. How would you like to lead a group like that? How would you like that to be your household or your family get-togethers? All those who are in distress, discontented, and in debt. God's going to send in 400 of those people. You know, he's not going to judge them because he knows his own heart. He's going to shepherd them. And they're going to become some of his mighty men. They're going to become an army that delivers the Jewish people from the oppression of the enemy. They're going to rise above their discontentment. They're going to rise above their debt. They're going to rise above their discouragement. See, David is going to teach them that strength and strength alone is found in God. Now, there's a a contrast set in this passage of Scripture because there's a man who's getting closer and closer to God, even in his failures, that's David, because he's learning from his failures. His failures are becoming like stepping stones of triumph as he gets closer to God. But there's another man by the name of Saul who has silenced the voice of God, who has purposely closed his eyes to the red flags that God has put up over and over again on the journey. And his name is Saul. You see regression in Saul. Watch Saul. said, why have you conspired against me, you and the son of Jesse? Now, he's speaking at this moment to the priest. What had happened was Doag, the Edomite, was there when David was lying to Himelech. And what happened at that moment was Doag heard the conversation, and Saul is just overcome with all of these emotions and feelings and he feels like there's a massive conspiracy against him. When we don't have security in God, it's a dangerous place. Saul had forgotten about God and Saul is walking in security. Listen to verses 13 in chapter 22. You can turn to it as well. Saul said to him, Why have you conspired against me, you and the son of Jesse, giving him bread and a sword and inquiring of God for him, so that he has rebelled against me and lies in wait for me as he does today? I mean, he's paranoid. Saul is literally paranoid. That's what sin will do to you. Saul, out of God's presence, in rebellion, and he's going to kill all of the priest because he reads into a situation a conspiracy that isn't there but Doak wants some more brownie points he wants in with the king he wants to move up in the hierarchy and Doak gives all the facts accurately oh Ahimelech gave him bread gave him the sword he even inquired of God for him 
confirming in Saul's heart the conspiracy. And Saul passes an order to the soldiers. Kill them. The soldiers wouldn't budge. Yes, they were loyal to Saul, but they were more loyal to God. It's a real difficult thing to work for a paranoid boss. To work in a situation where someone is constantly looking over their shoulders, constantly worried about their situation, constantly undermining their workers. Some of you are in that type of environment. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have been there, done that, and you know that experience. And it's torture to go to work. It's torture to get up in the morning and to go to your place of employment. That's the time. You have to just trust in the Lord. David is going to be an example of someone who listens to God. Listen to what happens in Saul's life. He's ignoring God completely. The soldiers are those red flags that are saying, don't kill the priests. They're innocent. He's not going to listen to them. He's obsessed with destroying David. He's captured, captivated by his sin. Here's the contrast. Look at David. You see progression. Even when David hits his lowest, God's there to pick him up. God's there to teach him. Listen to David. You see the progression. In verses 22 to 23, David is talking to Abathar. He's escaped. He had been one of the priests. He's the one who does escape. That day when Doag the Edomite was there, I knew he would be sure to tell Saul. And I'm responsible for the death of your whole family. There's a difference. Mark it. Remember it. David, when he sins and God speaks and convicts, confesses it. In part, he was responsible for the murder of those priests because he had lied. And he recognized his responsibility. Oh, I, Saul's off his rocker. Saul's insane. And he confessed I'm responsible. When Doag was there, I had a check in my spirit. I knew he was going to go talk to Saul. Hasn't that happened to you? Hasn't the Holy Spirit come to you at times? And, you, and he said to you, make that phone call. And you just got occupied in other things. And you didn't make the phone call. And that person needed to hear from you. Hasn't that happened to you? You said something, and as soon as it left your mouth, you knew it was the wrong thing to say. But you didn't say a word. You could have apologized, but it was like an atomic bomb that had an impact on someone's heart and soul and mind. That time that you just knew you had to go and speak to someone, but... You got occupied. And like David, you didn't listen to that still, small voice. David's learning. He's learning. He's learning. He's going to hear God's voice. And he said, oh, forgive me to Ahimelech. There's a contrast here too. What did Doag get out of church? Maybe he was there for political reasons. Maybe he was there to climb the ladder in Saul's court. But Doag didn't come out better at the end of the day. 
We need to prepare for the crises that are a part of the journey. They're a part of our life. They're a part of the walk. They are there. And they test us and they try us. Don't allow those lessons to be wasted and lost. That's what's happening in David's life. He's valuing them. He's utilizing them. He's learning from them. He's making songs of praise and songs of prayer out of those experiences. Watch the difference between Saul and David. Here's the difference. Saul, in his presence, you're in danger. There's a contrast in his words. Saul speaking to the priest says, your life, you're going to die. Listen to what David said, then David said to Abathar, stay with me, don't be afraid. The man who's seeking your life is seeking mine also. You will be safe with me. David's a safe person to be around. Saul's a dangerous person to be around. One is regressing, the other is progressing. There's a change happening in Saul. There's a change happening in David. David's experienced the grace of God and he will be a conduit of the grace of God to those who are discouraged and dead and discontented. He'll teach them that God is the God that will never leave them and forsake them. He'll teach them that God is with them when they walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He'll teach them that God is our fortress and our tower, that God is our supplier, that God is the one that we derive strength from, that God God is our hope, that God is our help, that God is our deliverer. They're going to be lifted up and become the mighty man of Israel. Hallelujah. You and I have the responsibility to receive the grace of God and to utilize it wherever we are in the journey. The crisis are a part of life. The unexpected should be expected. Not that we walk under some cloud of just discouragements and oh what's next around the corner no it's part of the journey but with God you could handle the journey with God you could walk knowing that God will keep you protect you and watch over you and bring out the best out of that trial Jerry Bridges said though the power for godly character comes from Christ the responsibility for developing and displaying that character is ours Someday, David, you're going to sit on a throne. Someday, David, you're going to impact all of Israel. Someday, Christian, God has a throne for you to sit on. You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You will reign with him forever and ever and ever. And he's preparing you for that day when you will rule and reign even over the angels. That's what God has this journey for. God, why the trial? Why the crisis? Why the pressure? Why all of these things? So that you might trust, so that you might believe, so that you might hope, so that you might see, not with natural eyes, but with spiritual eyes, that you, like David, might walk in faith and be possessed by faith and be possessed by your trust in God. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. We hope you've been blessed by Dr. Edward Jones' study on the life of David and invite you to join us again. In the meantime, we'd love to keep in touch with you. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. We're here to join with you in prayer for whatever is going on in your life or to answer any questions you may have about how you can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That phone number again is 845-462-5955. Be sure to check out our website as well at buildinginfaithradio.com. There, you'll find messages from previous series available to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. We know that God is using the Building in Faith radio ministry to spread the good news of the gospel, but we encourage you to not let this be your only source of spiritual guidance. Reading the Bible, prayer, and fellowship with other believers are extremely beneficial to anyone who wishes to grow closer to God. By getting plugged in with a local church, you'll also be able to bless others around you by sharing your unique gifts. If you're in the Poughkeepsie, New York area and don't have a church family, We welcome you to join us here at Faith Assembly. For location information, service times, and a calendar of other great upcoming events, visit our website at buildinginfaithradio.com and click on Back to the Home page. That's all the time we have for today. But join us next time right here on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed shares more from the captivating life of David. Your word restores.